Good morning, everyone, and welcome to a special edition of A Vision for You. Today is Sunday, May 6, 2018. My name is Leah. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater and your moderator for this morning. The share ID numbers for Friday, May 4th, are the following. For the 7 a.m. Eastern Big Book Study, 11373. That's 11,373. And for the 10 a.m. Eastern Big Book Study, 11378. That's 11,378. This morning, A Vision for You presents a critical and powerful hour. The 12-step process of transformation is an exciting journey of growth and change. The big book's directions and approach is simple. Simple but not easy. A price has to be paid for people like you and me. The steps do require ego deflation at depth. The steps are a process to dismantle the false self and disintegrate the mask we have constructed in our attempts to cope with life difficulties and our personal deficiencies, weaknesses, and challenges. These steps are much like the rotor-rooter that cleans out the sludge, blocking the sunlight of the spirit deep down within us. Through the work of the steps, particularly steps five, six, and seven, we're placed solidly on a path of spiritual development and introduced to a way of being and a way of life that fosters our humanity and harmony with God and those around us. We are building an arch through which we shall walk a free man at last. Joining us today to present a critical and powerful hour and to share her experience with Steps 5, 6, and 7 is Julie R., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from California. Julie is dedicated to applying these 12 steps to all aspects of her life and to eagerly carrying this message of recovery. Welcome to the line, Julie R. Hi, good morning, Leah. Thank you. Uh, my name is Julie R., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Auburn, California. We will switch over to the following number. Oh. Hmm. And I'll give people... That's chance. not on your line. Is that no. correct, Julie? No, it's not my line. Okay. A reminder, everybody, please mute. Thank you so much. Proceed, Julie. Thank you. Okay. So I want to start off with a small prayer to center myself. What is said is to be said. What is heard is to be heard. And what is to be embraced is embraced. And so it is. Amen. 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 Which means, so be it. This is weird. I pray today that I can give a clear, concise message. I was told yesterday by a good friend of mine that God is the faucet and that we are the water. So I wanted to, um, you know, talk a lot about six and seven, but in order to do that, I had to talk a little bit about step five. You know, but for, for six and seven, it's two short paragraphs, but there is a lot in it, and a lot of people including myself, past times, would say the prayer, say yeah, and move on. So let's go to talk about step five for a bit. 
admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. So first of all, you know, page 72, it talks about seeing my defects, but it also talks about the nature of them. So what are the nature of my defects? You know, first of all, I have to admit that I have certain defects. And then I have to, in a rough way, I have to figure out what the trouble is. And, you know, I didn't know what the trouble was. I thought I just ate too much. So, but it's my spiritual separation. So what's the difference between seeing my defects and knowing what the nature of them all? You know, for me, some of my favorite defects were ego, control, lust, manipulation, character assassination. But what what is underneath all of those character defects? It's all about fears and delusions. Because for me, I would have a fear that would drive a delusion that then would result in some kind of thinking that would drive these actions. And then it would all be based on self again, because everything is rooted in self for me. And I have to talk about my experience. And on page 62, it talks about my selfishness, my self-centeredness, you know, which is the root of my trouble. And it says it's driven by a hundred forms of fear, self-delusion, self-seeking, and self-pity. I cannot, Julie, I cannot work on my delusions. I cannot work on my fears. I don't have that kind of power. Because if I did, then I wouldn't be in a 12-step program. I wouldn't be in this room right now talking to you on the phone. So I have to be able to see how my defects, which manifested in actions, which cause great harm to others. Nowhere does it say that I am going to make a list of character defects. And I hear that all the time. I've made that list of character defects. And I had this other sheet that had a list of assets. But again, my book doesn't tell me that. Because if I could remove my defects, like I said before, I wouldn't even be here. And I certainly wouldn't need to have a relationship with God because I would be playing God. I wouldn't need a power greater than myself. But the fact is, I do. And without that power that I get from God, I'm a dead woman. So step five, you know, it has a warning. It says, if we skip this vital step, we may not overcome eating, drinking. If I keep certain facts about my life, right, from my sponsor, my guide, a lot of people call it guide, then I'm going to turn to easier, softer methods. And what is that? That means I'm going to get nothing because I'm going to try to do it my way again. And my way does not work. So in... um, Step five, you know, it says we pocket our pride and go to it, illuminating every twist of character, every dark cranny of the past. So I have to say, have I withheld anything? I have to make sure that I do everything. Once we have taken this step withholding nothing, I have a promise. It says that I am going to be delighted. I have another promise. I can look the world in the eye. So that means I don't have to look downward anymore. What does that mean? It means the shame is gone. All of those things, those hideous, unthinkable things that I have done, I'm free. I can walk a free woman. It also says that I could be alone at perfect peace and ease. My fears are going to fall from me. So what does that mean? I don't have to be afraid. I am depending on God now, not Julie, because that has never worked. Julie got me not only to 300 pounds, but Julie got me into an angry, vengeful, dishonest, shameful woman. 
I have been reorganized. That means I am not that same person. I have another promise. We begin to feel the nearness of our creator. So this is where that rubber meets the road. I am starting to have an experience with my creator. I'm going to walk hand in hand with my creator. I heard recently, you know, we don't take God's hand. We let God take our hand because God never lets go. I'm the one that lets go. So it says, I have another promise. We may have had certain spiritual beliefs, but now we begin to have a spiritual experience. So, you know, I don't know about you. Again, I have to talk about me. I had a belief in something, but it wasn't the God that I have belief in now. And not only do I have a belief, I know God because of the work that I did in my four steps. That was so freeing. That's when that, those, like the floodgates opened up. You know, by sharing my fifth step with another person, I have had blocks removed, right? The fears started to fall away from me. I was such a fearful person, fearful that you were going to find out who I really was, fearful that you weren't going to like me, fear that I was going to be caught, you know, doing something that I had done in my past, um, you know, relationships that I've had. The fear started to fall away because I began to know God which is really cool because I always thought I knew God, but I didn't. So the obsession was removed, but the food, totally neutrality, everything. Um, and I'm not, I'm not a puppet anymore, right? I'm not a puppet to anyone, but I have a creator that guides me. God is my master. Food is neutral. I have another prayer in that paragraph. We feel that we are on the broad highway walking hand in hand with the spirit of the universe. So, you know, those are really lofty words. What does it mean? It means that I am beginning to awaken, awaken to that true authentic Julie that has been buried by food. And then if it, when I was just abstinent and not recovered, it was buried by sprees, spending sprees, sex sprees, controlling sprees. It, that still blocked me. Abstinence only is just as deadly than not being abstinent. You know, um, when I think about awakening, I think about like, a, you know, you see these movies about archaeologists and or, you know, they're out in the, the ice somewhere and they find a, a, a body that's buried hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of feet below the, the earth and the ice. And it's this frozen guy. What do they do? Do they take a blowtorch to that guy to melt him really fast? No. Why? Because that would kill him. My mind couldn't just automatically go from Julie, the selfish, controlling, manipulated woman, to a free woman who is thinking only of others. It doesn't work that way. At least it doesn't work that way with me. So the process of these steps, specifically in step five, is that I am becoming awake awake to what my creator is and what my creator can do for me. And that, you know, that my God has always resided in my soul, but I had so much other stuff in there, I crowded that God out. Um, so what happens when we finish that step five? What happens? That I have had certain spiritual beliefs, but now I begin to have a spiritual experience. And again, what does that mean? It means that I am going to awaken to self. So that's that first process that I get to, uh, I get to be recreated, right, to, to that true Julie 
who is that true Julie? Who was that Julie before she picked up food when she was eight years old? I was a kid who had some joy and some peace and wanted to be nice and wanted to help others and looked to be free, to look to, to be of service to the kids, to even my parents. But that child was taken, that Julie, the essence, for whatever reason. And um, But now I get to get that back. So that's really, it's really exciting. So here we go. Step six, we're entirely ready, which is willing. I have to be willing to have God remove all of these defects of character. So what does that mean? I had the character of a compulsive overeater, which was selfish, self-centered, dishonest, manipulative, controlling, and I can go on because I had a lot of them. So I'm going to use exactly what the big book says. I'm going to go through the paragraph. So as we know, the big book gives us concise, clear directions. So it says, direction number one, returning home, we find a place where we can be quiet for an hour. Interesting. An hour is 60 minutes. I don't know about you. But I've gone through the step work many times since 1981, and I never set a timer for 60 minutes. So this is the first direction. Again, if we follow the big book exactly as it is described, we're going to get what the 100 people got, which was 75% recovered state. 50% at once, 25% later. So it tells me to set a timer. I, not to set, I set a timer. Because again, I have directions. So it says, return home. We find a place where I can be quiet. So that does not mean in the front room where the TV's going off. It doesn't mean where I know that if I have kids that they're gonna come bouncing in to talk to me. It, it's not where I'm gonna be able to be accessible to my husband, to social media, because that's my thing. But it's just me and God to be quiet for an hour, 60 minutes. Direction number two, carefully reviewing what we have done. So what have I done? Well, one, I wrote an inventory. I've admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our defects, and that I'm engaged upon a life and death errand. This says we thank God from the bottom of our heart that we know him better. So what does that mean? For me, it's for God to show me what I am not. Direction number three, taking this book down from our shelf, we turn to the page which contains the 12 steps. Direction number four, carefully rereading the first five proposals, which are obviously the first five steps on page 59. This is the place where um, it reminds us that we are building an ark through which we will walk a free man. And, you know, I never really paid attention to the talking about the ark. It's like, okay, yeah, I get, I know what an ark is. <clears throat> so what do we do? So I look at those first five steps. And then we have a prayer. We ask if we have omitted anything. For we are building an ark through which we will walk a free man at last. So this is the beginning. 
This is where I collect those stones, right? We've been hearing everybody talk about them. It's nothing new. Foundation, cornerstone, keystone. And of course, the keystone is like that pivotal, pivotal one that locks the arc in place. So then it goes into the next paragraph. It talks about, it gives me questions. Is my work solid so far? Question number one. Number two, are the stones properly in place? So I have to ask myself, are those stones in place? The keystone is the center stone, right, in the arc. So I need to look at um, the doorway that I'm in. So I look at the top of the doorway because I'm going to walk through this door. And on the other side is um, the new way of life that we are promised. I have a third question. <clears throat> have, we, have I skimped on cement put into the foundation? Because cement alone is not strong as it is when you mix it with sand. I have to mix cement with sand. Do I have any cracks in it? If I do, what's going to happen to my arc is going to come crumbling down. And this is what I have done time and time again. I have had cracks in that. So cement, common peril common solution. I have got to have that sand in with my cement. My fourth question, have we tried to make mortar without sand? You know, I look at that, what does that mean? Am I overeating abstinent food? Am I not at or moving towards the normal body weight? Am I clean? Am I doing half measures? Am I only doing the fellowship and not the step work? How is my relationship with my creator today? Do I know God? So having answered these questions, what do I have now? I have a new awareness. Then it says I can look at step six. I can't, do, I can't look at step six without answer, answering those questions. This is not something I'm going to do in five minutes. It's nothing I'm going to do in a day either. I have an hour. Having answered these questions, right, what am I going to do? It says, <clears throat> if we can answer to our satisfaction, we then look at step six. We have emphasized willingness as being indispensable. Are we now ready to let God remove from us all things which we have admitted are objectionable? Can he now take them all, everyone? Again, God is everything or he is nothing. There isn't anything in between. And if I still cling to something and I won't let go, I'm going to ask God, to help me to be willing because you know it's not an overnight matter i cannot snap my finger it's not like when i got abstinent boom i was abstinent after binging days and days and then i was free it's not that way so am i willing to let god remove from me the defects that i created by my actions to keep me alive do I really believe that God's going to remove those defects? Do I really believe that God is going to remove my character assassination, my controlling, how I have to plan everything to a T, that I can't have any mistakes with anything? If my defects don't go away, it is going to lead me right back into the food because just abstinent is not going to, keep me alive. I have got to be free from my defects. So it's going to take me back 
to that state of mind that I had, right? And what is that state of mind before we become recovered? It's the spiritual malady. And when I'm in that state, food will be a step up. And if I take the food, I'm going to die. <laughs> so I have to laugh because, again, there is nothing so far that tells me I'm going to make a list of my character defects. It doesn't say anywhere to do that. And I have got, I've done that so many times where I've made that list and, and worked on the opposite. It, that's not how it works because, again, if Julie, if I had that power to work on patience because I was an impatient woman or to work on um, freedom from gossip by saying nice things and affirmations about people, then I wouldn't need a way and I wouldn't need this fellowship. I definitely wouldn't need my God. So that's step six. That's what step six is. I'm not doing anything more than the big book tells me, but I'm not doing anything less. That hour is critical. And the people on the line right now, ask yourself, how many of you have set a timer for 60 minutes to go through this process? If you're like me, you didn't do it that way. It's only been the last what, three and a half, well, almost four years now. Wow. When I went through the step work after my relapse that I did that. And it's only been, um, again, I just went through the step work. I just finished it a few months ago again. And it was a life changer. And I did this in abstinence because I want to do the work. I want to keep it real. Um, go through the steps in a, in a fashion. More, now I'm going to do it more than once because I need a new experience. So this brings me to step seven after I do that process. Humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. This is where I don't hold anything back. I can't. I can't afford to hold anything back because that's my motive, right? I'm going to keep a little bit here, a little bit of there. Nobody needs to know this, whatever. No, I'll hold down everything given. And this is where the shift begins. So what does it say in step seven? When ready. When ready for what? When I am crystal clear on that I, Julie, cannot do anything about the root of my trouble, defects and actions from them, I have no power. It says, we say something like this, my creator, I am now willing that you should have all of me, good and bad. So this is where, I, you know, this is the exciting part because I get to see God at work, right? It doesn't say anything again about working on my defects. I have worked on them all my life and nothing has changed. I, well, the only thing it did get me, it got me into more trouble. It got me into more dishonesty, depression, despair, anger, fear, fear, fear. You know, if I am working on my defects, that means that I am playing God because God is the one who's going to remove my character defects, not me. And, you know, when I tried to play God, it got me, like I said before, over 300 pounds. 
but I almost ruined a lot of people's lives. The rest of the prayer says, I pray that you now remove from me every single defect of character which stands in the way of my usefulness to you and to my fellows. You know, I don't get a pick what character defects God is going to remove. God chooses, not Julie. Again, this is not my show. It doesn't say that God's going to remove all of them. Just the ones that stand in the way of my usefulness, right, to be of service to God and to others. Some of my defects, and I know this is going to sound kind of weird, make me attractive to others. I'm going to use my chosen career. So I am all about compliance and control. Why? I'm a mission assurance, quality assurance manager, which demands me to have structure, extreme control, and perfectionism. So so that kind of sounds like some of my character defects, right? So I don't want God to, of course, I don't want God to remove those, but I don't think God wants me to remove my structure, my extreme control, and my perfectionism at my job because you certainly don't want something flying in space. It's not going to work because I wasn't structured, I wasn't controlling, and I wasn't a perfectionist. So God is going to use my defect of control, perfectionism, and controlling others. Yeah, controlling others at work for good. Now, it's not, I'm going to not do it to my family, right? That's where God is, I'm praying and he's, I've already seen action, that he is letting that be removed from me, trying to control and be a perfectionist and herd my husband to do my will, like my dog tries to herd my other dog, right? So God's going to use me the way God wants me to be used. So gossip, that's another one. Character, you know, and gossip is a really nice word, right? Oh, yeah, I did a little gossip. No, no, no. It is character assassination. I am ripping apart somebody. So how can, can God use my character assassination in a positive way? Can that be an asset? Mm. You know, I can, again, I can't do God's work, but I'm thinking that God is not going to use character assassination. So I don't really see how that's going to be a positive, but through prayer and willingness to be changed, not me, not Julie making the change, or even attempting to make the change, I ask God to remove my character assassination. And you know what? God has removed it a little at a time. I am not perfect. I talked about somebody at work to another manager, peer to peer. Oh, that's okay, right? No, I was character assassinating another manager. I didn't have to use those words. So a little at a time, but continue to ask God to remove it. It goes on to say, grant me strength as I go out from here. Go out where? Go out into the world to do the work, the work of God, not the work of Julie. And it says to do your bidding, not my bidding, right? To To do God's bidding. And then how am I going to do that? To be maximum of service. And that's when I get to feel that strength and power start to flow in. And gee whiz, we got up at the end of this prayer, it says, amen, which means so be it. It is written, whatever, however you want to end it, but so be it. Again, I don't know about you, but I never heard one thing about making that list of my character defects 
or me working on my character defects. This is such a powerful process because it begins the death of self. And that's what we do with steps four through seven. It's about the change that's going to occur in me, in my heart and in my mind. I get to be free of the chains. You know, the things that kept me to the bondage of me, Julie. You know, it says that we're going to be restored to sanity. So that means, again, I was, I was sane. I, I, w- I was free at one time. I didn't have the spiritual malady. So, you know, I'm going to be restored back to that. I'm not going to need to be that person anymore. And it comes with that, the process of awakening, you know, awakening the soul, awakening the spirit, awakening my consciousness, right, to that woman, that real Julie, the one that's made up of truth, compassion, justice, honesty, humility, and I'm sure some of you know that are on this line, humility was something I really didn't have. If I was going to do anything, everybody knew about it. Um, and thank God today I have humility. It's, um, it's alive in me. It's alive in my soul. And that is so far from who I used to be. And so, you know, God today, and I pray I continue to do this work and do it harder, not harder, I guess that was the wrong word, to do it with all my being so that God can remain, remain in my soul. So God has that power to remove the defects, right, that arose out of self-will, because that's where my defects come from. It's all about me. It's all about me. And when God does that, I get to be free. I get to remain happy, joyous, and free. But the minute, the minute I take back my will, I begin that separation again. And I start to go to sleep. That's the process. I'm either awake, awakening to spirit, or I'm awakening to Julie. And that is going to sleep from my, my spirit. So what can I do? What can Julie do to be in line with God? It's all about me improving my spiritual condition. That is what I can do. I can pray. I can meditate. I can seek divine wisdom all throughout the day. That's how my defects of character begin to shift the willingness, the awareness, and then God will remove them. But I have to be entirely ready. You know, I can't I can't stay recovered. I can't stay one hundred percent clean abstinent like the doctor opinion tells me and if I am not turning to my creator. I have to turn myself over to the care of my creator as I understand my creator because my defects stand in the way of my freedom. So I have to be closer to God 
That is how, if you want to say, I work on my character defects, I get closer to God. That's, that's, that's what the big book tells me. So continuing the process. So I'm going to be unblocked now at this stage. I've done my hour. I've done my prayer. And this is done on the same day as my fifth step. This isn't done. I don't work on step six for a week or two. I don't a- answer a lot of questions. I don't work on step seven for a week or two. This is all five, six, and seven are done the same day. Thank God, because then I get to go on with the rest of the steps. So what my guide had me do, um, this was about two months ago, um, she had me sit on the floor to do this process. Well, I didn't have to sit on the floor, but I sat on the floor. And I had my big book, and I had my four steps which as you know, there's a lot of pages to it. And even though as a recovered woman who almost has who almost has four years again, I had some stuff written down. I didn't have a lot, a lot of resentments. Didn't have a lot of fears. I didn't have a lot on my sex inventory. But you know, there there was stuff. So I had papers, you know, because I had kept I kept on referring to them because it asked me, is my work solid? Do I have my stones in place? A cement in place? So I had to kind of look at stuff. So she had me look at the doorway because I had the door shut. She had me look at the bottom, which is the foundation. Then for me to look at the door and look at the corner stop at the top, cornerstone at the top of the door, which is six and seven, right? The keystone, which locks an arc in the place. So I visualized the arc. And um, when I did that, and after I said the prayer, this is going to make you cry. I didn't think it would. (laughs) Um, I got up, and I opened the door. And it was such a miraculous feeling. I mean, I like opened the door and I walked over the threshold to the next room and I started to cry. And this is a woman who's been recovered and continues to do the work. I live in 10, 11, and 12, but it was so powerful. So, you know, I want to talk a little bit more about um You know, the the stones, right? The foundation. It's about being completely willing. And you can see that on page um, 12. Paragraph 4 goes into detail. The cement, right? That common peril versus the common solution. Page 17, paragraph 2. The cornerstone. Willing to believe that there is a power greater than me. And that's page 47, paragraph 2. Keystone. God is going to be my director. Thank God. And that's on page 62, paragraph 3. Foundation stone. Again, it's the complete willingness, but to help others. And that's on page 97. 
So, you know, for me, a abstinent, recovered, compulsive overeater, right? I have been reconciled to my previous self, right? That's that pre-compulsive overeater, the pre-character defect trait, my basic personality assets that I did have because it says I'm going to be restored to sanity. But now I have it in sobriety, emotional sobriety, and I have a new spiritual outlook. So that, like, it breaks that lock, if you will, of the spiritual malady, this whole process. And, and that's it. I mean, that's, that's five, six, and seven in a nutshell. And I have these promises that are going to happen. You know, it's really interesting. Um, I was trying to find if there's promises associated with six and seven. But there isn't because we've had those promises of step five that we went over. And then I'm on that new footing with God. I'm awake. I'm free. And I get to then do the rest of the work. And then we immediately go in to step eight, which I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop there. But um, I encourage everyone to do that process that's outlined in the big book. Nothing less, nothing, nothing more. Um, wow, I'm done. It's like 6.07. I was thinking I was going to say a lot more. Um, but I guess it would leave room for more questions. Um, I guess I'm done. Um, I guess I'll wait a few more minutes. Oh, thank you, Julie. Here I am. I was muted. Thank you very much. It happens to me, too. Uh, thank you for bringing the text to life this morning and sharing your experience with steps five, six, and seven, bringing the, the uh, instructions to life based on your personal experience. Much, much appreciated. Very inspiring. Julie's contact information will be given at the conclusion of this recording, so stay tuned for that. And now we will transition to a Q&A segment. You have an opportunity to pose questions to Julie. Star 1 to unmute, and please announce yourself, including the first letter of your last name. Katie G. from Boston. Katie G. from Maryland. Ginger C. Margie K. Okay. I have Mary Lee R. I have Katie G. I missed who was from Maryland. Who was that? Trudy. Trudy B. from Maryland. Okay. Mara Z. I have Ginger C. I have Marcy K. I have Mara Z. Who it's else? Mar- Margie K., not Marcy K. Thank Mar-G. you for the con- for the correction. Sharon C. Sharon C. All right, that's a great group for starters. Mary Lee R., please go ahead. Good morning, Leah and Julie and everyone on the line this morning. Julie, I know that you travel a lot. What kind of spiritual toolkit do you take with you um, on your travels? Is, Is it any different than when you're home? Basically, you know, what do you do in the morning and sometimes during the day and at night? Thank you. 
Hi, thank you for the question. Uh, no, it doesn't change at all um, because I bring God with me everywhere, right? God is with me everywhere. Um, I don't bring God, I awaken to God. So I do a lot of different modalities um, because that's just what I like to do. I will, um, you know, I, I do on awakening. Um, a good friend of mine um, told me that she recorded herself reading on awakening. And she listens to it. And I did that in the I version. So I, I have that. And I, that's the first thing I do as soon as I open up my eyes. And I listen to me reading on awakening. And then I'll do a short prayer. And then I go get my coffee. And then I will do my other spiritual practices. I'll either do a guided meditation. I have uh, cards that I do. Um, I have about 100 different um, decks that I do which will lead me to um, a spiritual thinking. I do guided meditations. I do a whole bunch of things. So, you know, when I travel, which I travel every week, uh, I can't change. I can't leave anything out because that's death for me. I'll pick up. Eventually I'll pick up. So I do everything the same that I do during the week on awakening throughout the day. I have um, an app on my iPhone that pops up every hour. It says stop, pause, and pray. And I don't care if I'm in a meeting with my CEO or if I'm in a meeting with a one-on-one. -on -one. I look at my phone because it has a tone. And they might not even know I'm doing it, but I stop, pause, and pray. So, yeah, I, I, I just do the same thing. I don't know if that, I hope that answered your question. Thanks, Julie. I was hoping that that would be your answer. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Mary Lee. Katie G., you're up. Good morning, everyone. Thanks for your service. And oh, Julie, oh, knocked it out of the park. So there's, I love that you chose to talk about this because I get really confused. Um, so if I have a character defect that's coming up, like controlling um, with my husband, and I'm going to God, are you saying, is, is the big book telling me that it's controlling to be thinking about who I would be as a wife if I wasn't controlling. Because I'm a controller and I'm a doer. And what's very challenging for me with what you're saying, I, I don't do the list, but it helps me to be like, okay, if I didn't have this defect, what would that look like? Because um, I, I don't, I don't know. I just don't know. And I, and it keeps coming up. And it, um, so I'm just wondering if you could speak a little bit more about that and just especially with the character defects that come up over and over again and become serious like with a work issue or something like that. I hope that's clear, Julie. Sure. So, so again, I'm just taking what exactly what the big book says, and it doesn't tell me to do that. It, it, God's going to remove the character defects that are, are standing in the way. Now, if you look at steps 10, 11, and 12, right, it talks about, um, you know, if fear or dishonesty or something comes up and then I got to go be of service and make amends, you know, asking God to direct my thinking. Um, so that's where, you know, if I am causing harm with my husband, I can ask God to help me be a loving, caring, kind wife. That's not asking for an asset, right? That's not me telling God, God, please help me not control my husband. I say, God, please help me to be the authentic wife, mother of my children, 
and to show my husband love, patience, and tolerance or whatever. But I tried to to make things work, and it doesn't. It's, I can't do that. I don't have that power. So I just asked for them to be removed and show me what my next step is to be. I can't tell God what my next step is to be. I can't tell God, oh, today I'm going to be more loving. I pray that I'm more loving to Clay. I pray I'm more loving to Gary and Connor. You know, um, I just say, God, show me what to do. Because it doesn't work for me. It's never worked for me. Did that answer your question, Katie? Yeah, sorry, I had to attend to an issue. Yeah, no, Julie, we're totally on the same page. That's exactly uh, what I uh, have been, uh, yeah, totally on the same page and clear. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you, Katie G. Trudy B., your turn, star one, to unmute. All right. Hi, this is Trudy B. I'm real glad to be here. Thank you so much for everybody that's sharing. And you especially thank you. You explained that so so well. It was like crystal clear. But, you know, I, I, I do have a question. If you're listening to someone talk about the manager, is that active participating? And I wanted to ask that question because you were sharing about, you know, you know, talking about people. And, you know, even if I wasn't talking about them, if listing a part of it. Also, um, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need to share this real quick. I know this is not the, play, not the meeting where you get sponsors, but I'm telling you, I, I need some help. I've been around OA, and I come from another program 30-some years, but I am struggling with this food issue, and I've struggled for years, and I'm finally willing to just humble myself and say, I need some help. I do not know what I'm doing. I felt like because I come from another program and I have so much abstinence that I could come in and, you know, think I know something. I don't know anything. I really don't, and I'm humbly asking for some help. If I can leave my number now or after to leave somebody who has a spot, Open, please give me a call and, and help me. I, I really need it. But thank you, everybody. This, this is just so wonderful. And thank, thank you for sharing Thank you, Trudy. And I invite you to leave your number after the conclusion of the recording. Thank you very much and welcome. All right. Thank Ginger you. C., you're welcome. Ginger C., um, your turn. Do I answer her question? Or, oh, if you'd like to address, of course, of course. Uh, which, uh, so if I'm a participating person when I'm listening to somebody's character assassinate, yes. So I have learned now, and I don't do it perfectly, but somebody's unmuted with water, but um, what I do is if I hear somebody come to me and their character assassinating, I am learning, thank you, God, to say something positive about that person. Because, you know, if, and that's what I do. I'll, I'll go and say, oh, wow, you know, Susie Q uh, does an excellent job doing X, Y, and Z. And the person just kind of looks at me and it kind of stops them in the track because it's hard to, 
you know, I can't sit there and listen to stuff because then I am participating. So I'm still growing and learning in that, and I keep on asking God to remove it. But that's what I do, yeah. So, so if I'm engaging and listening, then I'm engaging in it. So that's my take. Thanks. Thank you, Julie. Thanks, Trudy B. Ginger C, your turn. Okay, I'm going to get this mute button before I die. Uh, can you hear me, Leah? I do, yes. <laughs> All right, thanks so much for your service. And Julie, thank you so much for your show this morning. Um, my question, I'm just sort of going back to 13. Bill says, I ruthlessly faced my sins and became willing to have my newfound friend take them away root and branch. So I'm just curious, as a human being, is this step and six that we're more willing to go in this new direction with this higher power as our, our guide and that we're willing to be rid of these things that are objectionable? Or do you think it's possible to be a human being and completely free of all these character defects that are no longer serving? So six, right? We're entirely ready to have God to remove all these defects of character. Again, it's the and humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. So God is going to decide which ones that are going to be removed, right? And which ones are actually going to be helped helpful to others. I, if, if I didn't have any character defects or traits, or if they didn't pop up every once in a while, I wouldn't be human. Only one person is flawless, and that's God, my creator. Um, so I have to be willing to do, to, to do anything, right? And that means listening to God to improve my conscious contact with God because if I am growing spiritually, I'm not going to sit there and, and call up somebody and say, yeah, you know that ginger tea? Oh, my gosh, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to do that because I'm getting closer to God. I'm going to be filled with love and light. And so that's going to automatically reduce my character defects that God wants removed because I'm moving towards the light. Um so it's action, my action is working to build my relationship with God. That's the actions that I can take. But um, I, don't, I can never be free of anything because I'm human. I'm over, you know, I'm, I'm human. I, I hope I answered that. Yeah, thank you so much. That was great. Thank you, Ginger C. Margie K., your turn, star one, to unmute. Hi, Julie. Um, I thoroughly in, enjoyed your um, uh, your talk today. And, um, you know, listening to you puzzled me as to whether or not I am good enough to be a sponsor. And um, my my sponsor thinks I'm ready to be a sponsor. And I have two people that I'm uh, beginning to work with. But uh, you were so powerful, and I had to ask myself, you know, do I do all the things that you're doing? Am I good enough? 
And at this moment, I'm just not feeling good enough. How do you know when you're ready? Well, thank you for the question. It has nothing to do with am I good enough, right? It has to do with have I had a spiritual experience as a result of these steps? Do I no longer think, act, feel, behave the way that I used to um, in the food or just being abstinent? Have I had a shift and I am continuing to awaken to my true self, right? That, and that's what the big book tells us. You go through the work, you live in 10, 11, and 12, which is continuing, taking action every day. And if you're free, of course, the food is 100% entire abstinence. Um, Right, right. And if you've had a spiritual awakening, then you're ready to sponsor. Okay. You know, that puts me at at, at some peace. Because um, I feel like I, I do have a spiritual awakening. Um, but somehow when I when I listen to you, you, you were just so powerful. And, I, and I, I just thought, oh, my gosh. Have I done this good enough? Have I done that good enough? And yet the way I think about um, food, how I treat it now is, is totally different. And I do believe it's from working the steps and I, and I have freedom. So um, thank you for, um, for your insight. I feel much better now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Margie K. Mara Z. Star one to unmute. Thank you, Be Lynn. gentle, Maura. <laughs> Can you hear me? Yes. <laughs> okay. I I want those seconds back. I'm not counting those seconds. Julie, thank you. <laughs> thank you so very much. Oh my gosh. Oh, I hate hate when I've got an idea. I don't hate it. I've had an idea for the last few years about how to do six and seven, and you just totally threw them under the bus. So um, here's here's my here's my oh god, how do I put this? Okay, so I know that I cannot remove my character defects. Known, given, fact. However, I have been under the impression that I have to do the footwork right. So I've been under the impression that I need to, for lack of a better word, prove, do my due diligence, show God that I'm ready to have this character defect removed by um, saying things like, okay, so when I'm in the checkout line and I'm being um, rude to the checkout person, so instead of when I'm being in the checkout line being rude, instead of being that way, I'm going to be patient. And and this is the mindset and these are the things that I think about in trying to get rid of my character defect of impatience. Are you saying that I'm not supposed to do that, that I'm just supposed to completely just let it go and just be the way I'm going to be? Because that doesn't make sense to me. And that's my question. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Right. <clears throat> it does make sense. So, again, it. it, it it's asking me that I'm going to be entirely ready, right, for to God, remove all my defects of character. So I'm ready to have impatience removed, right? I'm in the checkout stand, and, oh, my God, it's supposed to be five items, and she's got 20. So I'm my first thought, oh, my God, I can't believe she's doing that. 
So that's old self. So I'm awakening to something new. So I don't have that power choice of control to say, okay, give me patience, give me patience, because she's still got 15 items, and I'm still going to be late to my meeting. So what do I do? I see the lady in front of me or behind me. I'm just going to say, you know what? Wow, I really think you have beautiful earrings or jewelry. I engage in a conversation so that I could be helpful to another. Remove myself from self. I'm not going to sit there and say, God, give me patience for this woman who's going to make me late. That's not going to do anything. I'm going to be of service to others, right? That's what I'm supposed to be doing, to be of service to others. Not just OA people, everybody. If there's a kid trying to reach for a candy bar, you know, can I help you? If there's somebody behind me that looks like they're in a hurry, let them go in front of me. But, you know, I don't know about you, more, but for me, every time I ask God to remove something like that, I'm trying to control the situation. Let me, I, yes. What I do, though, is I pray, God, please let me do your will, thy will, not mine, be done. That diffuses me faster than me saying, God, please give me patience. Okay. All right. I get it. Thank you, Jules. All minds <laughs> Thank clear, you, Morrissey. I'm sorry? <laughs> All minds clear. <laughs> as clear as they are for this moment in time. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. And that's good enough. Okay. Sharon, thanks for the question. Sharon C., your turn, star one, to unmute. Okay. Can you hear me? I do. Okay. Yeah. Um I really very much appreciated your talk, Julie. Thank you so much. Um, I have a question and a half, I guess. <laughs> um, first of all, you mentioned something about spiritual cards. Um, are you referring to, uh, or or what would you be referring to in that? And then the other question was, I always feel like I have more character defects than the regular selfish fear and uh, self-seeking and all those. Um but I really don't know what they are. So could that be part of my perfectionism or what? Um, for, for, thank you for the question. For the first one, um, so I do my spiritual cards. Uh, so some people call them tarot. Oh, a lot of noise. Some people call them tarot cards. Some people call them spirit cards, um, oracle decks. I mean, I literally have, my husband always says, do you have to buy a new deck? And it's just, you know, you pick cards, you do a card spread. It's about, you know, what you could be um, aligning yourself with your creator. It's all different things. So that's what the cards are. Um, for me, I have a, have and had a host of character defects. And they stem from, oh, my God, I don't even have time to tell you how many character defects that I engaged in on a daily basis. Um, and they all come from self. It's all rooted in self. So, you know, we could put a lot of labels on them, but it's self-centered, self-seeking issues. That's the root of my problem. So all character defects could be trickled down to Julie wanting what she wants, and she wants it now, and she doesn't care about anybody else. Um, but perfectionism, like I said, I mean, God, thank God, God is using my perfectionism at work because I need to be a perfectionist at work. But I don't need to do it at home. I don't need to um, have a checklist at home and to make sure everything is following my way. So um, we're human and we're going to make mistakes. 
but perfectionism, yeah, that 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 is a character defect unless God's going to use it as an asset. I don't know if I answered your question. Let's take that as a yes. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Sharon. C. I'm sorry, my it went. I didn't know that I was muted. I uh, thank you so much. That absolutely answered my questions. Thank you. Thank you, Sharon C. For the question. Who else has a question this morning for Julie? You can do so by pressing star one to unmute. Announce yourself, including the first letter of your last name. Kat. Hi, it's Steve. Roz. Marianne M. from Boston. Elizabeth C. Garrison M. in Maryland. Okay, I know I miss people. I've got Cat. Is that Cat C? Yes. Yes, okay. And then I have a Marianne. I have a Roz. Elizabeth. Jocelyn. Who did I miss? Hi. Um, Leah, can I share Zakia J? Of course you can, Zakia. I'll put you at the... On the Thank list. You. Yes. And Garrison M. Hi, Garrison. In Maryland. Thank sure. You. Okay, Garrison. Anyone else? Um, Rick W. from Pittsburgh. Hi, Rick. Okay. All right, that's a great list. Cat C, go right ahead. Good morning. Thanks so much for your talk, Julie. Um, my question is, uh, right after I did my fifth step, uh, on the way home, I got into a car accident. I wasn't hurt, um, but I was an hour out of town. Um, it, it, it was a big chaotic mess that lasted for the next probably seven hours. So, uh, I never went back and sat down and had that hour, and um, I've had somewhat of a shaky time um, since then, so perhaps I'm answering my own question. Um, I mean, should I go back and start from there? So, So a couple of questions. Are you entirely abstinent? Uh, and have I you been have, since you did your fifth step? Of late, I have uh, overeaten on some abstinent foods. So the big book is clear for me, right? We have entire abstinence. And that means not, over for me, not overeating anything, regardless of if it's abstinent or not, because that's still engaging in that behavior. So, so the book is clear that I have to... Um, be abstinent, and then do the work to do, um, because if you're overeating, something is um, amiss. So um, I would take my sponsee back to step one. Okay. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thanks. Thank you, Kat. Mary Ann. And please include the first letter of your last name as well. 
Hi, this is Marianne M. from Boston. Thank you, Marianne. Go ahead. Thank you. Julie, thank you so very much. It was so wonderful to hear you this morning, and I related to so much. I am in compliance as well, and that um, it, it goes so well with my character defects and at times character assets of perfectionism, of um, dotting I's, crossing T's, and um, in some degrees controlling, but I can see how it, those um, assets that are good at work um, really turn into um, defects in other aspects of my life. And I just wanted to ask, because I'm struggling with a particular character defect of pride, and um, you know, I've been asking God for willingness, uh, and it's blocking me in you know some of the amends that I owe, and in other aspects of my life. Um, I don't know. I just, I guess, I was looking for a, a, a suggestion to help me deal with this particular um, defect that's really tripping me up. It's a great question. Uh, pride, ego, right? Um, uh-huh. For me, those yeah. were very big, very, very, very big for me. Um, you know, I'm the type of person that before I wouldn't ask anybody to help me. My mother used to say I would cut my nose off to spite my face. At an eight-year-old, she would tell me that. So I am defiant, prideful. So what happened? Do I still have those defects? Do they pop up, rear their ugly head sometimes? Yeah. And then I get to uh, continue my spiritual program, right, my life, and ask God to remove the character defects and work on life, right? How do I work on life? Getting closer to my God. But So this is an example of what God can do. So if this, if me talking today would have happened four years ago, I'm going to say, I would have told everybody. I'm doing a special edition. Everybody would know. Oh, I'm doing it. Come listen to me. Because that's ego and pride. I told two people yesterday, or Char- I told Charles whenever that was, and I told my good friend in New Jersey. That's the only two people I told. That, did I do that? No, I have been changed as a result of living a spiritual life. Because um, that, you know, Humility was not in my vocabulary, but it is today. Thank God. And did I do that? No. I asked to be changed. And what does that mean? That's up to God. But I do the work. I did my amends. I cleaned up my side of the street. I work with others. I pray. I meditate. I'm of service to my family. And as a result of that, I've become a woman who has humility and less ego and less pride. It just goes hand in hand. It's that transformation, right? We begin to have that transformation in the, in the step work. Six and seven is such a key. That's awakening so that to that true authentic self, which is having somebody who has humility. It, it'll happen. You just continue to do what the book says to do. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks, Marianne M. Roz G, star one to unmute. Thank you. Hi, Leah. Hi, Julie. This is Roz G. And uh, I think I'm a... uh, Thank you. I think I'm a little, like, unclear maybe about what the last lady asked when she said I was unclear 
Um, I am too. Okay, so there's two fears I want to ask you about. And the first one you said, or no, asking God. There we go, asking God. You said in your talk, you ask God to remove the defects of character that stand in the way. So I get that. But then you said asking God to remove something is telling him what to do. Yet we're instructed to ask God to remove our fear and ask him how he would have us be. So would you please clarify that for me? Thank you. So I'm saying that I'm asking God to remove a specific defect. If I'm going to ask God to remove my uh, impatience, I'm playing God. It says God's going to remove my character defects that are standing in the way of my usefulness to him and to my fellows. It's up to God what defects of character he's going to remove. It's not up to me. Um, You know, I can't work on my defects. It doesn't say that anywhere. And the fears are going to fall from us as a result of becoming closer to my God. But I don't work on my fears. When I do a fear inventory, I list my fears, right? And then I I say, God, you know, I I, I ask God, I, I give them to God, but I'm not saying God remove it. I'm not I'm not demanding God of anything. I am a vehicle, you know. And I love that 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 my friend in New Jersey said that God is the faucet, I am the water. I'm here to do my Creator's work. But I can't tell my God what to do. I mean that I did that all my life. Please help me stop so that, eating. Please help so me that be, makes, do this. Yeah. Okay. That doesn't clear that doesn't make it clear to me that the big book says to me, ask God to remove them and ask him how you would have you to be. Doesn't I don't get it. So And I'll it, I'll stop there. I won't debate with you. I just wanted to know. Thank you. Well, I'm just reading it right out of the big book. So I pray that okay. you now remove from me every single defect of character which stands in the way of my usefulness to you and to my fellows. Maybe I misunderstood the question. Thank, Thank you, you very much, Julie. Thanks, Roz G. Elizabeth C., your turn, star one to unmute. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed um, hearing what you had to say, Julie, and thanks for the moderator for your service. My question has to do with, um, I kind of got two questions. One is, uh, when you were talking, Julie, about, um, you know, the 60 minutes of, you know, time with God, were you talking, or, or was the book, was it talking about when you're, as you're doing the steps, or was this a, as a daily, you know, practice? So I just want a clarification on that. Um, and then number two, um, what advice or thoughts do you have for <clears throat> uh, relapse? As someone who's, I've been in relapse. Um, I had several years of abstinence and went through a really horrible personal situation and had a 60-pound relapse and, and really worse as a spiritual, obviously, not just the weight, it's just a spiritual fear and all that. So a question, second part of the question is, um, what thoughts do you have on um, kind of 
getting back into the program. Um, I know that there are the tools, but anything in particular that helped you um, kind of re for re-entry? Okay, that's, that's my question. Thanks. Okay. Thank you for the question. The first part of the question on page 75 at the bottom, it says, oh, somebody's whispering, returning home, we find a place where we can be quiet for an hour. That's what it tells me to do. Um, so right there after step five, beginning of step six, this is what we're going to do. So it, this isn't something I do every day because it's, it's when I go through the step work, I do it again. But I do pray and I meditate every day and throughout the day. But this specific thing, 60 minutes, is to be done as soon as the fifth step is over. So um, your second part of the question, yeah, you know, I, I do know relapse. Um, and get I, my, what I did is I had a recovered woman who has had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps. Somebody is really as unmuted, just want to say that. Some, um, so have a spiritual experience as a result of these steps. They no longer think, act, or behave the way that they used to. And I have that person take me through the steps outlined in the big book, nothing else, right? Because everything is right there. Um, I don't have to do any guesswork, right? So that's my suggestion to you. I, I mean, I was face down in the food. I had gained 70 pounds in four months in my last relapse. And, um, and I got a call from somebody who I know is on this line who saved my life. She called me in the middle of a binge. And um, my bed was covered with boxes and bags and chocolate. I was, I just, it was horrific. And she said, Julie, what has always worked for you? And um, she temp sponsored me, and I haven't wanted to overeat since 7 p.m. October 22nd, 2014, 21st, sorry. And um, I did the work because I had to if I wanted to stay alive. And um, that's, that's what I did. And... Um, Thank God there's big book people out there. Not just that they know the big book, but they have followed the directions and are living a, um, a spiritual life. Thank you so life. much. Mm -hmm. thank, thank you so much. You're thank welcome. you. Thanks, Elizabeth C. Jocelyn, star one to unmute. Was there a Jocelyn? Perhaps not. Okay. Zakia J, star one to unmute. Your turn. Yes, thank you so much, Layla. Thank you, Julie, so much for your awesome share. I loved it. My question to you is, um, after you do your fifth step, and, well, I've done it, and I have, like, when things come up, I have literally prayed and asked God, God, heal me, like especially with my adult children. Like I'll, if things come up, I'll ask God to heal me with what I'm feeling. Um, and 
is that is that me try is that me also trying to do my will i'm not cl- i'm not sure um yeah you know, we could be talking like semantics here you know it's like i've asked god to help me be a to do god's work right be a loving kind caring compassionate mother um he, there's nothing wrong with saying god heal me god's going to heal you the way God wants to heal you. So you're not telling God, God, I want you to do this, this, and this. You're saying, heal me. And how does God heal you? By you doing the work and being close to your God. Being healed is being transformed, right? Being transformed, we we become transformed by living a spiritual life, by going through these steps in order precisely. In abstinence. So, yeah, that's, healing is an awesome word. Thank you so much. Thank you, Zakia. Garrison M., your turn. Star one time mute. Did you say Garrison? I did. Oh, great. Thank you so much. Okay. Um, this is Garrison. And I'm in um, in Maryland. And um, thank you so much um, for the share this morning. This has been really powerful for me. I've um, been in program, um, well, I've been in AA for 28 years and um, in OA on and off for about 10. And um, I'm just starting back through the steps. Um, anyway, all this to say, um, I... I'm intrigued and wondering if you could just explain a little bit more about how you use um, other things like, I think you mentioned tarot cards, um, sort of these other other things, how that um, ties in with um, kind of using the word God all the time. Um, thanks. Hi. Great. Great question. Um, so I don't use God all the time. I use my creator my great spirit, um, my healer. Because, um, you know, I, I, that's what I do. Um, I, I bring in a lot of different practices. Uh, I, I do work with, you know, I have an altar. I have sage. I have incense. I use stones. I use crystals. I use, um, you know, things from the earth. I, I can't become complacent. So, I um, I have a lot of different spiritual books that I, I that are daily readers, you know, uh, all different um, religions, um, all different denominations. Uh, well, not all, but um, you know, how am I going to get to know God better? By getting to know God better. I mean, it's that simple. It's quiet my mind. It's an inviting the presence. So I um, I am not religious but I have an awesome God and I know my God and I'm constantly trying to um, to get to know God better so yeah I do a lot of different spiritual things Guide, okay, I just signed up for this five week thing I, I have three different um, meditation groups going on at once somebody's making chicken or something um so yeah, I get to do a lot of different things, and it keeps it keeps it alive in me. Um, I don't want to get stagnant. 
I don't want to just say prayers because I did that growing up as a child, saying these three prayers over and over again that had no meaning to me. So, um, yeah, so I just continue to grow. Thank you, Garrison M. Rick W., your turn, star one, to unmute. Good morning, Julie. This is Rick W.F., Pittsburgh, PA. Thank you so much for your share. Um, I'm new to Vision for You, um, and I uh, just secured my sponsor, and I'm starting my first step. However, in the midst of that, I also have a compulsion that uh, to eat at night, particularly between 8 o'clock and, and 2 in the morning. And I've taken two things from what you said today. One is to, I want to create a space in the evening to pray and meditate. And in that, I wrote down a prayer. I just was trying to, I synthesized what you said. I said, I pray I would remove every defect that stands in the way of my usefulness to you, Lord, and to my fellows. You do what you do, God. I relinquish and release all to you. Remove these as you will. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm looking for uh, anything you might offer that I can turn to uh, as I as I begin the program. So I just Great that's question. my just just ask you to speak into that because it's very it's the real compulsion is is to eat. At night, last night I ate uh, half a sleeve of crackers in a candy bar, both which were stolen from my wife. Right, I get that. Yeah, you know, in the doctor's opinion, it tells us that we have this twofold illness, right? That I am going to um, eat X, Y, and Z, and that's going to create a phenomenon of craving. Uh, the obsession takes over, and I'm no longer me. So, you know, we have to have entire abstinence to do this work. You know, I I use that analogy um, about the faucet and the water. When I am not abstinent, when I'm eating, overeating abstinent foods, or if I'm eating my alcoholic foods, the water that is coming out of the faucet is muddy at best. And then it flows to a trickle. It's clogged. Mm -hmm. That's what happens when I am overeating abstinent foods and, or I'm, not abstinent at all, I can't do the work because I'm blocked. It's full of, it's Julie, I can't hear my God. It's all garbled, you know, it's like going in one ear and not coming out the other. So this is where, you know, the fellowship comes in so handy. Not that the fellowship doesn't come in handy, but it's like I got to utilize everything that I have at my fingertips so that I don't pick up, Right. So that I could do this work because we were in a race, right? You've got the obsession running right behind you. So I get, I have a very close knit of recovered people that I talk to um, in a weekly basis. I have like three to five women and men that are my go-tos. But when I was beginning, I had a whole host of numbers of recovered people that when I would get that urge, the compulsion, the desire, to be to eat, I would pick up the phone, I'd get on my knees, 
I would do whatever I had to do to not pick up. And that's where my self-will, I mean, I'm going to use every sheer determination because I haven't had that relationship with God yet, right? But I'm going to, my sponsor, my, 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 my group of people, and if I had to be on the phone a hundred times, I'd be on the phone a hundred times. Mm. If I had to go for a walk, I'm going to go for a walk to separate, to be separated, to have a clear mind. And then your sponsor takes you through these steps in order fast. Mm. Mm. Wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you, Rick W., and thanks to everyone who posed questions this morning. Greatly appreciated. Today's Share ID, 11384. That's 11,384 for today's presentation. Julie, thank you very much for the insight, personal experience that you shared this morning regarding Steps 5, 6, and 7. Thank Your you. service and generous spirit are always greatly appreciated. We're going to close from page 164. You can find it in your text in a chapter entitled A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.